Welcome back to the GOAT Show, everybody. It is Tuesday, August 24th, and we are charging along. Uh, no pun intended, as we're doing the AFC West today. But we're charging <laughs> along, uh, trying to finish things up before the regular season starts on September 9th, I believe. Yeah, so you got GOAT and Ryan here today. Ryan, say hello. Hello, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> um, Yeah. Doing well. Excited to kick things off today. Obviously, we finished off last show with the AFC East. Um, as I mentioned, going into the West, a lot of fun teams in this division. Um, so we're going to kick things off with one of the most exciting teams in football, I guess, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Does that sound fair? Sounds fair. Awesome. Um so looking at kind of their offseason, um, basically the most notable thing they did was completely revamp that offensive line, um, which like you saw in the Super Bowl where Mahomes was running for his life pretty much every play. And whether or not, I mean, I think he mentioned afterwards that he really didn't need to as much as he did. But um, just looking at how, Fisher and Schwartz were banged up at the end of the season. Um, They wanted to do everything they could to make sure that they didn't run into the same issues, I guess. So, uh, like I said, uh, Fisher and Schwartz are gone. Same with Kalechio Semele, who um, they brought in early last season uh, after um, the French guy decided to be a doctor instead of a football player. (laughs) Kind of selfish, but whatever. Um, uh, uh, I don't know about that one. But... <laughs> um, yeah, he is no longer with them going into 2021. And then kind of an underrated one, I think, is Sammy Watkins. Even though he did miss some time last year, um, started only nine games, played in 10, and finished as their sixth, fifth leading receiver, I believe, with 421 yards. Um, He was still a solid number two, and I'll touch on this later, but it'll be interesting to see who, like, if Hardman or Robinson can really step up into that role. Uh, We'll touch on that in a minute. But yeah, those are pretty much their biggest losses. They didn't do a lot other than flipping the offensive line. They brought in Joe Tooney from the Patriots, big uh, free agent signing, traded a first for Orlando Brown Jr., uh, brought Kyle Long out of retirement, former Bears lineman. Uh, And then in the draft, they brought in Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma, I believe, in the second round. And then Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri, I'm pretty sure. I should have written this down, but I didn't. Um, So, yeah, a lot of offensive line work, um, which not only is that going to help protect Mahomes, but I think it'll be really interesting to see how much more they lean on the run game this year with that improved offensive line and with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire going into his second season. Obviously, it was a little underwhelming last year. Um, they finished with the 16th most rushing yards in the league. So right on average, but you'd like to see a little more out of that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would. Just looking at Clyde, uh, his stats were very similar to LaShawn McCoy's rookie year 
who's also on an Andy Reid coach team. So I think that that uh, CEH will have be a lot more involved in their offense and just to take pressure off that passing game. Like you said, they should improve that running game. Yeah, for sure. It's an interesting note about McCoy. I'm just going to check. Yeah, he did um, hit the 1,000-yard mark in his second year mm-hmm. under Reed in Philadelphia um, and then really broke out 2011 with 1,300 yards and 17 touchdowns. So I don't know yeah, about that's... high of production, but I think he's <laughs> going to be – I think he's going to be pretty good. And um, I think they just get that running game going with the new offensive line. It'll just add a new dimension to their offense that already is elite. Yeah, for sure. All the pieces are there. Um, Because you're never going to stack the box against Mahomes and Hill. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, hopefully that can really um, come to fruition this season. Um, Yeah. It's honestly, it's weird that Le'Veon Bell didn't get wasn't more successful than he was in his brief time there. Um, I was one of those guys who was really excited to pick him up in fantasy, and then was disappointed every single week. He finished the season, <laughs> played nine games with them for 254 yards on the ground and only 99 through the air. Um, yeah. Oddly enough, Patrick Mahomes finished as their second leading rusher with 308 yards. So, wow. Yeah, it'll be, we'll have to see how they address that. But yeah, the, I think we're definitely looking at Clyde trending upwards, uh, maybe getting more involved with the passing game. Um, especially, like we said, with Watkins gone. Just, yeah, one less mouth to feed. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I want to say about the offense. Uh, do you have any any comments on that? On their offense? Yeah, let's start with that. Yeah, I mean, they kind of just speak for themselves at this point. Holmes is the pinnacle of quarterback play throughout NFL history from a town and production standpoint. Look at advanced stats. He's super high everywhere. And just looking at how productive offensively and how that's correlated to wins throughout his time as a starter, it's all-time great. Look at Travis Kelsey, arguably the most statistically productive tight end in NFL history when you look at, like, on a per-season basis. And then Tyreek Hill is one of the best weapons the NFL has ever seen. That top-end speed is insane his physicality at the catch point, it's just unreal. And then you couple that with the play-calling brilliance of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy with that revamped line. The offense should be the best in football again and still be impossible to game plan against. Yeah, it's hard to see any downfall there. Um Looking at their defense, well, sorry, one last thing I want to note. Um, it was pretty good for them that they were able to hold on to the enemy. I know they weren't, I mean, obviously they'd be fine sticking with just Andy Reid, but that kind of continue, continuity is definitely beneficial for an organization. Uh, and then looking at their defense, they were 
surprisingly solid last year. They finished 10th in points allowed, had the 10th most takeaways in the league, and were 16th in yards allowed. Um, So, yeah, very solid. Last year was kind of a weird year for defenses. Um, I feel like they definitely suffered more from the lack of training camp and preseason than the offenses did. Um, So I think this unit should definitely be a little better with that experience. Um, Yeah, what do you think of their defense going into this season? Yeah, I I really like their secondary, led by uh, Honey Badger and Ladarius Sneed. Obviously, Chris Jones is there, and uh, I think they'll probably be about average, but their offense is so good that it, it doesn't really matter in my opinion if they're I think as long as their defense is playing at an average level they'll be fine to win a ton of games yeah if they can stay on par with this so, um mm-hmm. funny thing about Legarius Sneed uh during the first game last year I'm in this one group chat with a couple um there's a couple scouting pages in it and sorry to make you feel left out right now. Um, but um, yeah, we were watching the first game. And as soon as Sneed started making, like, I think he got an interception um, in that first game. And we went off, became the biggest Legereus Sneed fans in the world, um, added him to the group chat. And then when he got injured, um, I forget what week it was, but when he got injured, we were like, oh, man, you know, speedy recovery. Hope to see you back soon. And then he messaged back, actually. And I forget what he said. But it was basically really? like, yeah, we'll be back better than ever. Uh, and then we probably annoyed him to the point that he left. <laughs> but <laughs> it was a really fun one that lasted. Um, so, yeah, big Legereus Need fan over here. Wow. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so wow. that kind of yeah. Um, now, Robin sorry, Williams what? Movie with that, okay. you should watch the Robin Williams movie with him <laughs> to keep that keep that t- tradition of very sneed. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah, so looking at the predictions for the Chiefs this year. Um, if you haven't listened to our previous prediction shows, we do an optimistic prediction, which is pretty much what we see at their best. Pessimistic, which obviously is at their worst. And then realistic, something in the middle, how we see the season playing out. Um, so obviously the Chiefs are a really good team. I don't think anyone's going to fight us on that. Uh, so optimistic, I see 16-1. and one. Um, Realistic, I have 14-3 and three and... Pessimistic is nine and eight. Um, just looking at how good the division is, right? Obviously, all divisional games should be competitive. Um, yeah. It's hard to sweep a divisional opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we're going to get into, all of these teams are pretty solid. Uh, and we saw, like, they lost to the Raiders last year. Um, the Chargers at the end of the season, although that was mostly playing their backups. Um, so, yeah, I think for their 16-1 and optimistic prediction, uh, it would probably just be 
any divisional opponent, I think, can knock them off. Um, and then pessimistic nine and eight. I think that's still solid. I don't think it would. I don't see it ever getting that low unless something disastrous happens. But uh, like I said, they could lose to any divisional opponent. They play the Packers this year, the Titans, the Ravens, the Bills. Um, just a lot of competitive teams. So if all goes wrong, I think nine and eight is still a pretty safe floor. What do you have for them this year? Uh, per usual, we're, we're kind of think alike with the record predictions. I have optimistic the same as you at 16 and one. Realistic, one less win with 13 and four. And pessimistic is ten and seven. Um, they have like like you brought up with their division. They have sort of struggled in their in the AFC West. So I could see them losing, you know, maybe dropping a game to Denver or to to um the Chargers or even the Raiders like they did last year. It's so competitive and they've struggled enough in their division that I see them losing four games, which is a lot more than. <laughs> what a lot of people would think. But, um, yeah, I, I see them maybe uh, dropping one of the swing games like you brought up and then in their division. Uh, my pessimistic is 10-7. And seven, and um, I, I think I don't like to think pessimistic. I think like the pessimistic prediction, I don't like to assume it's like, oh, that they had a ton of injuries. This is really just like they lose some swing games and they really struggle in the division. That's where I see 10 and 7 potentially coming from. Yeah, I definitely get that. Um, obviously, you can't predict injuries, but mm-hmm. yeah, just like if those games don't go their way, um, which with a team like this, they're never going to lose all those games, but you never yeah. know what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I think any last yeah, comments their on best the Chiefs? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, you repeat that? Oh, yeah. For my optimistic, you know, having them sixteen and one, they're obviously a well-oiled machine, and they can they can easily win. I don't not say they can win really every game they play, unless they they slip up or a team plays them tougher. So, um, yeah, I could see sixteen and one as easily as I could see like thirteen and four for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, as the two-time defending AFC champions, they're definitely the team to beat in the conference. Um, yeah. So, until that changes, um, yeah, anything's possible. Uh, but, yeah, moving on to the Chargers. Uh, looking at their offseason losses, they lost longtime pass rusher Melvin Ingram, uh, defensive back Casey Hayward, tight end Hunter Henry, and linebacker Denzel Perryman. Um, so not a ton of turnover, but as we'll mention in a second, I think losing Ingram is going to be bigger than it looks. Um, but looking at their additions, they brought in Corey Lindsley, center from the Packers, uh, Jared Cook to fill that tight end spot. And in the draft, they brought in Rashawn Slater in the first round and Asante Samuel Jr. in the second. Um, so just like the Chiefs, a lot of focus on the offensive line, which I think was good because that was definitely lacking um, last season, especially, you know, with what you'd want in front of a rookie quarterback. Um, and then, yeah, looking at the rest of their roster, I think they're a little thin at wide receiver. 
after Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, we'll have to see how well Cook can fit in. Uh, he's going to be 34 this season. He had 500 yards last year, um, coming off a couple productive seasons in New Orleans. But yeah, obviously he's getting up there. So it's tough to say. Um, yeah. And then I think they should get a little more out of Austin Eckler than they did last year. He only played 10 games, missed some time with injuries. Um, finished with about 900 yards from scrimmage. So, yeah. What do you think of the Chargers offense? Yeah, offense right now. Yeah, and uh, I'm if you if you follow you know, for the listeners, if you follow my page and and you looked at my AFC West predictions, you could see that I'm lower on the Chargers than most. I just feel like they've a tad overrated in this whole offseason process. I really like Justin Herbert, but I feel like a sophomore slump is kind of inevitable. QBs, after their first year starting at a high level, tend to regress the next season. Think like rookie Dak Prescott and Baker Mayfield to their sophomore years and how different they were. And even think Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson after their first big breakout MVP seasons. The next year, they weren't as good. Of course, Mahomes had a all-time great playoff run, but I'm just talking about the regular season here. Um, So unless Justin Herbert is Peyton Manning or Dan Marino good, a.k.a. quarterbacks who followed up great first seasons starting with an MVP caliber season and next year upping their game. I would expect Herbert to regress. And if he does indeed follow in the path of most other quarterbacks who had great first seasons, I feel like I can't see the Chargers being a playoff contending team, especially with an, an average offensive line and we- you know, a weapon or receiving core that seems kind of fine to me because, you know, God forbid something ever happens to Keenan Allen. I question who's really creating separation on that receiving core. And like you said, there's not really much depth outside Williams. So I'm a little kind of iffy on their offense. And I'm even more iffy on their defense. Yeah, that's fair. I know looking um, looking at some stats and stuff from last season prepare, and their roster, of course, preparing for this show. Um, they're definitely not as attractive as I initially thought. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't necessarily see a, a big sophomore slump for Herbert. Um, obviously, you mentioned uh, Dak and Baker. I think he's more talented than them. Oh, and Mahomes and Lamar, yeah, following their breakout, um, we're still very good. So, yeah. I don't, yeah, I see something more along those lines. Um, like, he started 
15 games as a rookie with no training camp, no preseason, and threw for 4,300 yards and 31 touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, maybe with a little bit more film, won't be as, sorry, like defensive film on him. Um, maybe, yeah, that'll hold him back a little bit. But I honestly don't. Like, I think his ta- talent will prevail there. Um, yeah. No, sorry to cut you off, but um, I do think he's still going to be good, but I don't see him being as good. And like you said, the talent is certainly there. Something else I'd like to note is that he was also, like, historically great when pressured, which is something that's bound to decline as well. Like, kind of like when Carson Wentz in 2017 was so crazy on third, like, historically great on third down. It's something like that that's not really sustainable season to season, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely hard to um, project that kind of continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, but good thing is, is they upgraded their offensive line, so maybe we don't have to worry about how he is under pressure. Yeah, um, yeah looking mm-hmm. at their defense, I think the biggest thing, once again, is just the lack of depth. Um like opposite of Joey Bosa, who is going to be rushing the passer there this year? Not Mark. Who knows? Not Melvin Ingram. <laughs> not Melvin Ingram. So, um, yeah, looking at their stats from last year, Bosa was actually kind of underwhelming. Had seven point five and didn't have anybody else on the team over five sacks. Um, so. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see, especially, you know, going up against Patrick Mahomes and all of these other great quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, if you can't get after them and mm. you don't have a bunch of lockdown corners, uh, you might be in trouble. Um, <laughs> but good news is they brought in uh, a new defensive head coach previously from the number one defense in the league, LA Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's promising. We'll have to see if you can, yeah, what he can get out of this unit. Um, did you have any last thoughts on that before we get into the predictions? Yeah. Um, I was going to say like outside of you kind of said some of the same lines, but outside of like games, in my opinion is the best talent at safety. I wouldn't consider him the best overall safety, but I think he's the best physical talent at safety and Joey Bosa isn't is in my opinion still an elite edge rusher I know you said he he was a bit underwhelming but um outside of those two I just don't think there's very there's a lot of like high-end players on that defense and um so I, I just don't see them being very good uh especially after losing Melvin Ingram Casey Hayward and um, a lot of their key players, just thinking their entire team, are very injury-prone, like Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Chris Harris, and Keenan Allen. Those are all injury-prone uh, injury players who they are going to be relying upon a ton. So that's a lot – that's very worrying, too, looking at their team. Yeah, that's fair. Like we said, um, a little depth for this team would go a long way. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, looking at their predictions this year, um, 
I have their ceiling at 13 and four, um, their floor at five and 12, and then realistic kind of split the difference in nine and eight. Um, I think, yeah, they have a lot of upside, but a lot could go wrong, especially like injuries. Um, yeah, I think at their best, this offense should be really good and the defense should at least be above average. Um, but yeah, if the defense doesn't reach what they should be and the offense slips up a little bit, uh, yeah, they definitely have a lower floor. Uh, so yeah, what do you, you think on that? Yeah, optimistic. I have a couple less wins than you at 11 and 6. I um, This is really just if like Herbert and that offense is clicking and Herbert takes a step up, which I don't foresee, but he's very talented and it could happen. And as if they're Brandon Staley, who put in a pretty pretty amazing defensive system in the, into uh, the Rams, if he could kind of replicate that with the Chargers in his own way, I could see them being good. You know, if, if all, you know, and like I brought up with the injury-prone players, if they um stay healthy, I could see that at 11-6, but more likely I see Herbert quote-unquote it's not being as good and then their defense being lackluster so I think seven and ten in the really difficult division is what I see is realistic and pessimistic is five and twelve and that's kind of just if all these things fall apart if their offense is a lot worse and their defense follows suit yeah that's fair they did win seven games last year and I think they did get a little bit better. Um, mm. I don't remember exactly what they went. Yeah, they played the NFC South last year too, uh, which had a lot of tough teams. Obviously, they lost to the Bucks and the Saints. Um, Close games too. Yeah, definitely. All within, both within one score. Oh, they lost to the Panthers as well. I just noticed that too. Uh, and this season, I don't remember which division they're playing. Um, so I'm going to check that really quick if it will allow me to. Um, did I have that in the notes somewhere? I don't think I did. <laughs> Do you remember which NFC division they are playing this year? I don't off the top of my head. <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's been a while since I've looked. But, um, I want to guess the NFC North, but I don't know. Um, okay, here it is. Sorry, it's the East. Um, so should be easier teams um, than last year. Which, yeah, I think slightly better roster, slightly easier schedule uh, should be kind of an upward projection there. Um, so yeah, I think that wraps up everything I wanted to say about the Chargers. Did you have any last thoughts? Um, yeah, obviously I'm 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 low on them. I think next season after this one is when they'll be a playoff ready team when they have better depth. Uh, I think Herbert will improve. So um, I'm low on them right now, but I'm high on them for the future because I do think that with Herbert looking like a franchise quarterback that they're going to be on a, on a very good uh, trajectory.
Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving in to, I want to go to the Broncos next. Um, another team that I think has a lot of upside, but a lot could go wrong as well. Uh, so looking at their losses, they lost Darrell Casey, defensive lineman. Um, one year stop in Denver after some time in Tennessee. Uh, they lost corner AJ Boye, uh, tackle Juwan James, um, who obviously, you know, battled a lot of injuries in his time with Denver. And then running back Philip Lindsay, um, who I was kind of sad to see go being a Colorado, Colorado native. Um, but yeah, they luckily they replaced him well. So let's look at their additions. Uh, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, potential QB one. We'll touch on that in a minute. Um, a lot of work in the secondary, which is kind of insane to look at. They brought in Kyle Fuller from the Bears, um, who had experience working under Vic Fangio when he was there in Chicago. Uh, they brought in Ronald Darby, and in the draft they got Patrick Sertan. Sertain. It looks like Sertain, but I'm pretty sure it's Sertan. I don't know for sure, but I say, I say certain, but yeah, it looks like it should be, but I have no idea. Um, and the first round, a lot of controversy there because people wanted them to go quarterback, but I think that, yeah, that move definitely has a lot of potential. If Drew Locke can be that guy, which we'll get back to in a second. Um, Did you hear what their, their GM, not to send you off track. I know their GM said, that finding a franchise corner is more difficult than fr- finding a franchise quarterback. Just yeah, a little interesting. It makes you think because it's not because obviously a franchise quarterback is the leader of your organization who you can, who will elevate your team. Yeah, but I mean, Corners are also very hard to find and also super duper valuable for your defense. If you need, you know, want to rush a passer or send a lot of blitz, you need corners to to defend receivers one on one if you want to send guys to the quarterback. So that's kind of interesting. I guess you'd have to look back at previous drafts to see what quarterbacks have clicked versus what corners have clicked. If, do you think that's a way to look at it? Yeah, it's definitely one strategy. Um, I don't know if I would have come out and worded it like that. Um, yeah. Because that sounds a little crazy. But I think it was just where the team is right now. Um, considering Locke does still have that potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, at least for right now, it was a good move. Um, giving them probably the best secondary in the league I agree I would say Mm -hmm. um without thinking about it too much um (laughs) but yeah obviously we'll see how that plays out and then lastly they brought in uh Javante Williams traded up for him in second round running back out of uh North Carolina Mm -hmm. um who yeah I he was kind of flying under my radar going into the draft, but I watched a few highlights, which obviously don't tell the whole story, but that's why I'm not a scout. Um, (laughs) And I really like what I see from him. So Mm. obviously, yeah, uh, not ideal to see Philip Lindsay go, but they replaced him well and he should, should have a solid role 
um, this season. So, yeah, I think looking at this team, um, obviously they weren't great last year. They went 5-11, and finished fourth in the division, but they were torn up with injuries. Um, just a lot of unfortunate scenarios for this team. Um, but I think they have a lot of talent on offense. You look at Noah Fant and Jerry Judy, two guys who have been a little quieter uh, to start their careers. Obviously, Judy being a rookie last season. Um, but they're coming back with another year under their belts. Uh, they're getting Cortland Sutton back, which I think is a very underappreciated narrative going into this season. He missed most of last year with, I believe it was an ACL. Um but he was a pro bowler in 2019. He was very good. So I think that receiving group has a lot of potential. And then looking at their running backs as well, um, Melvin Gordon's been a very solid back most of his career. And like I said, Javante Williams has a lot of upside um, yeah. as a rookie. So, yeah, what do you think of that unit? And especially looking at the uh, quarterbacks this year. Yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty high on on this team, I think that they should have an elite defense. And looking at the past, that's been proven to take you relatively far, even if your offense is struggling. I mean, I can recall seeing Blake Bortles starting in the AFC Championship game and was it a Miles, potentially a Miles Jack being called down away from starting against Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, if you recall. What could have been? <laughs> what could have been, yeah. and And even... Um, Mitch Trubisky on the Chicago Bears who lost in the double doink game, a game that they really could have easily have won. So I you know, even though Locke hasn't obviously just had a really bad season, just saying that Broncos can't go far because of him is kind of closed minded in my opinion. I think they have the best secondary in the league, like you said, Justin Simmons, elite safety. Patrick Sertain, I hope I'm saying that right, hmm. Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby. And then coming off the edges, they have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. They were a team that was top 10 in sacks last season without Von Miller, and now he's back, and they have an even better secondary. And this is with Vic Fangio coaching them, who is an elite defensive mind, in my opinion, who can elevate the defense even beyond the talent that they have. So I, I'm, I think that Denver will have an elite defense that I could even see being the best defense in football potentially. They definitely have the talent, um, <laughs> but yeah, looking at the quarterbacks, that's definitely the biggest question mark with this team. But it's important to note that Drew Locke has only started 18 games. Uh, <laughs> people are way too quick to give up on him right now. Um, sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Hopefully, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he still has so much potential. I mean, we saw flashes last season. Obviously, they had a bit of a turnover issue as a whole team. Um, But he's young. That's going to happen. Hopefully, he can grow out of it. And if not, uh, Teddy Bridgewater should be solid enough to steer the ship. Um, At least away from disaster. Yeah. but I think it's in their best interest to at least start out with Locke uh, just because mm-hmm. he does have that much more upside. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it's nice to have a guy like Bridgewater in your back pocket if you need someone to kind of get that job done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I totally agree, and um, I I really I agree that Locke should start Week One because I think he, when you're looking at a lot of these quarterback debates for who should start for a team, I think you should always go with the quarterback to provide your offense the most upside. And I think Drew Locke with his arm talent can can do that, and um, it's not he's working with a lot more than what he had to work with last year. Uh, Cortland Sutton returning, like you said. Hopefully Jerry Judy and Jerry Judy improving his hands. Noah Fant, KJ Hamler. That's not a shabby receiving core at all. And um, if Drew Locke doesn't, you know, doesn't um improve with that group, like you said, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is still a solid floor raiser, and um, I think they can still win games with him and still potentially be a playoff contending team with Teddy Bridgewater. But um, just a spoiler for our predictions, I do have Denver in the playoffs. If you or the listeners pay attention to my playoff standing, so I, I am pretty high on Denver, probably higher than most. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, getting into the predictions, I do have a really high ceiling, for a relatively high, um, at 13 mm-hmm. and 4 further optimistic um pessimistic i have six and 11 which is just one more win than they had last year in that one extra game and then realistic i have nine and eight which might actually be a little bit lower than i like but we'll see um but yeah i think at best this team should have a dominant defense and that offense should surprise um if the quarterbacks can come through and at worst, um, the defense will be solid. But if the offense can't pull their own weight, um, yeah, they're going to leave a lot to be desired. Uh, so, yeah, what did you have up for, uh, for them? Oh, pretty similar. Ironically, my one less win with 12 and 5. My realistic is 10 and 7, which is good for the seventh seed in the AFC. And all of my predictions and my pessimistic is the same as six and 11. Um, obviously the optimistic and realistic is if you know, their offense can be solid and their defense is elite. I expect that to be with their optimistic and their realistic take uh, for the optimistic is really if Locke clicks and he's playing that in the average level, potentially even higher than that. And their offense is really solid. So I, I, with their optimistic, with the optimistic take, I could see them being a legit contender solely with that defense and the improved offense. Yeah, for sure. We saw what they could do in 2015 um, with <laughs> a great defense and a below average offense. So, yeah. obviously, a lot of personnel turnover since then, but um, the upside is still there. So, yeah, I think they're definitely a team to watch. Um, I don't think people are sleeping on them as much as maybe earlier in the offseason. Um, I think people realize that the potential really is there for this Broncos team to be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you definitely have to acknowledge that 
their floor if things go wrong uh isn't really pretty so yeah yeah and that's and that's if lock just doesn't click and their offense is bad i expect their defense to be good no matter what but if lock is really really bad again then yeah this team's probably isn't going very far which goes without saying really yeah for sure i think the pieces are in place but they don't always come together as you would like right. so mm-hmm uh, yeah, so I think that wraps things up for the Broncos. Finishing things off with the Raiders, the final team in the division. Um, I think the biggest story for them this offseason was just dismantling their offensive line. They lost Trent Brown, a uh, big tackle, formerly of the Patriots, back there. Um, Rodney Hudson is now a Cardinal uh, he was one of the best centers in the league, as far as I know. Um, and then Gabe Jackson up north in Seattle. Um, and Nelson Aguilar, who had a breakout year as a receiver for them last year. Uh, he's gone as well. Um, on the flip side, they brought in... They did a lot of work for the defense, mostly. Um, brought in Yannick Ngakwe, bounced around a bit last year. Signed a surprisingly big deal, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Casey Hayward, formerly of the Chargers, as mentioned, brought in John Brown from the Bills, uh, kind of to fill that Egalor role. Um, for one of the weirdest moves of the offseason, for me at least, was signing Kenyon Drake. Um, especially, I believe they made him like the highest paid backup running back in the league. Uh, which is strange to see, but um, another defensive addition, they had Carl Joseph, former Raiders draft pick, if I remember correctly, uh, back there in Las Vegas. And then in the draft, um, weird draft grabbing Alex Leatherwood in the first round, which a lot of people thought was a reach. But then you group that together with uh, safety Trayvon Morig out of TCU in the second round. Uh, you flip those, and that looks pretty good, right? Yeah, I was just about to say that. I remember hearing the jokes, like, if you flip their first two picks, it looks much better. Um, so you can't really wrong? complain there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just looking at what they did, I'm a little worried about the offensive line. I think there's just a lot of question marks there. Um but outside of that, I do like this offense. I think mm. I think Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. Um, definitely, yeah, above average for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely in that like 10 to 14 range. Um, yeah, I, I, had a, I think I have him 13. I think you have him around that same. Yeah, I am working on my um, – top 50 QBs list. Let's just take a sneak peek. Yeah, I do have him at 14 right now, um, which I think is fair. I wouldn't put him much lower than that. Um, He's done a lot of good things for the Raiders so far. Um, But, yeah, this unit was 10th in scoring last year, 8th in total yards. Um, and, yeah, you look at what they were working with last year. They had, obviously, Josh Jacobs as a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, looking at their receiving leaders, obviously, Darren Waller is a beast for them right now. Um, 
I think the biggest thing to watch for now moving into this year is guys like Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, who were rookies last year, uh, hopefully stepping up to kind of take over. Um, yeah, just kind of take up some of those vacated targets. Um, like, as I mentioned, Aguilar was second in the team with 82 targets last year, 896 yards. Um, that's a lot of volume for a guy like Ruggs, who was a top 10 pick last year, uh, first wide receiver off the board. Um, so a lot of expectations, but I think, yeah, for a guy with his skill set, shouldn't have much of a problem meeting those. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think of this offense right now? I think it should be pretty solid. Um, John Gruden usually coaches pretty solid offenses. Like you said about Derek Carr, I would I would argue that he's one one underrated quarterbacks in football. I really like his arm talent. And I think that he's been getting more aggressive throwing down the field, which is what I like to see. Um, you touched upon Darren Waller, and I, I think he's in for a huge season. I wouldn't be surprised if he broke a ton of single-season tie-end records with the extra game this season. And you talked about Ruggs as well. I think with him spreading the field out, him and John Brown spreading the field out, I think it's just going to be open in these intermediate, you know, in the intermediate game for Waller to just be insane. I think the last six games of the season, if I'm not mistaken, he was averaging over 100 yards a game and was just extremely dominant. And I wouldn't be surprised, like I talked about the records, if he's not considered the best tight end in football at the end of the season. As much as I love Travis Kelsey and I talk about him a lot, I think with Waller's physical talent, I wouldn't be surprised if he broke through and made an argument for being the NFL's tight end one, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that might be a little bold, but yeah, he's definitely in that top tier with those guys. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's possible. Um, Only time will tell. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this offense does, especially with that new offensive line. Um, I'm assuming they kind of know what they're doing. They wouldn't, you know, let go of all their starters if they didn't have people they liked in place. So, yeah, hopefully that's solid, especially with the running back group that they have uh, with Drake and Josh. Um, The duo that will take some time to uh, realign. (laughs) I Um, had to make that joke. I had to do it again. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think hopefully for them, the offensive line can be solid. Because if not, it's kind of a waste of a top-tier running back duo like that. Um, But yeah, changing over to their defense, um, definitely left a lot to be desired last year. Um, they were 30th in points allowed, 30th in takeaways, uh, just not very good at anything. (laughs) Um, so yeah, they did pay some attention to it this off season. Um, I think especially their defensive line has a lot of potential. Um, obviously they still have Max Crosby and Clellan Farrell. 
Pharrell, mm. one of those um, draft picks from a couple of years ago, brought in Yannick, brought in uh, Solomon Thomas from the uh-huh. 49ers, former top three pick. Um, wow. Yeah, weird to think about. But <laughs> um, I think this defense should only get better, I'd hope. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to be FP. But um, I, like I said, I do like their offense. I think their defense can maybe at best be around average. I expect them as a team to be around average, which in this division is going to bury them. Yeah. Um, harsh, harsh to say, but... <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't get away with just treading water in that division right now. Um, it's kind of sink or swim for them, and we'll have to see which direction that goes. And I think that leads us pretty smoothly into the predictions, if you're ready. Yeah, they, they might need some floaties then. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all good for the predictions. Awesome. Yeah, so like we said, offense should be solid, could be great. Um, so like based on that, for their optimistic, I have them at 10 and 7. Uh, pessimistic, I have 3 and 14, which I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks there. And then realistic is lower two at six and 11. Um, Yeah, I just don't know really what to expect considering their offensive line was such a strength for that team. Um, Completely dismantling it and bringing in a bunch of new guys or I guess promoting guys that they already had in-house. Yeah. yeah, just a lot of question marks. I don't know really what to expect. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they finished with eight wins last year. Um, I could definitely see a repeat of that, but just, I guess, the way I saw things playing out when I did the predictions was 6-11. and 11. So, um, yeah, obviously the offense could be really good, but if, they're, if they don't reach their ceiling and the defense doesn't take that step, um, Definitely a lot could go wrong. So, what did you have for them? Yeah, optimistic. I have nine and eight. One less win than you had. This is really a their defense is, you know, really good. Potentially treading top ten, and which I think would make up for their defense, which in this scenario would be playing at around an average level for them to win nine games. Uh, my realistic is six and eleven, same as you. I expect their offense, kind of, kind of like what we've been talking about. I expect their offense to be good and their defense to be kind of, eh. And for pessimistic, it's one more win than you had at four and thirteen, which is, you know, if their offense just wasn't clicking and their defense was really bad again. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and like you said, like a lot of tough games in the division this year. Uh, with the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos all being so solid. Um, mm-hmm. That's potentially six losses right there. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see how they fare this season. Obviously, they could be really solid, but they could also be kind of bad. Um, just a lot of question marks with the offense line and the defense mostly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think if they do 
finish sub 500 like that, do you think um, Gruden might be on the hot seat? Uh, probably. I got to think. I mean, a lot of people have considered or considered him a pretty historically overrated head coach for a lot of his career. Isn't he like around 500 as a head coach? Uh, his record is 114 to 110. Ah, so very close. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, he has kind of, he has bad offense. You know, his offenses are typically pretty good and there they've been good, but they've had what, what two collapses these past couple of seasons where they haven't, where they were in making a playoff push and just kind of fumbled it. Yeah. So not able to finish. And, um, yeah, I mean, I got to think of it with another poor season there on the hot seat. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. This is his third year with the Raiders and they're yet to finish over 500. Obviously they were eight and eight last year, but before that they were seven and nine in 2019 and four and 12 in 2018. So it's definitely been a slow build for them. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like for a coach that hasn't won a playoff game since uh, his Super Bowl win with the Bucks in two thousand two. Oh God, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was surprised when they gave him the contract they did because wasn't it like ten years? I don't remember exactly. I think I recall that. If not, um, sue me. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it would definitely be interesting to see uh, what his career with the Raiders looks like if they disappoint mm. again this year. Um, Probably not good. Probably not good. Yeah, with a with a uh, with an organization that's been so, they always seem like they're trying to be competitive you know they've always been an aggressive organization uh, even when they've been bad they don't like to accept it um yeah. so Which is of course yeah of course um so yeah we'll have to see if they do disappoint again this year uh what that means for gruden and his coaching staff yeah i agree i concur yeah, yeah. Um, like we said, offense could be great, so it's not like there's nothing to look forward to. Yeah, and Darren Waller's amazing. Try to draft him in fantasy, etc. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. His uh, his price tag might be a little much for me right now, but I don't know. We are in the league together, so if you want to go ahead and take a tight end in the second round, by all means, um, <laughs> I won't stop you. <laughs> Take Patrick Mahomes in the first and uh, Darren Waller in the second. <laughs> I, I, I think that's if you were drafting four. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely not my strategy. Um, trying to keep the cards close to the vest this year. Mm. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're rolling off on a tangent right now, which I think is a good <laughs> sign that uh, maybe that should be it for today. Um so, yeah, that was the AFC West. That concludes the AFC predictions. Um, 
So next show, which I think hopefully we'll be recording tomorrow, will be on the NFC North, which should be a lot of fun. Um, mm, totally. From Aaron Rodgers and their last dance, question mark, to, you know, Dan Campbell ready to bite some kneecaps. So, <laughs> yeah, lots to look forward to there. Um, but, yeah, I think that is it for today. So, yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed. Hope you tune in next time. Thank you. Another great time as per usual. And thank you for listening. All right. Take care, everybody.